0: today to talk about the, the Bitfinex hack, which was about a $4.5 billion hack of Bitcoin back in 2016. Um, this has been a pretty big, uh, pretty big scandal that people have known about in the crypto world uh, ever since 2016 because of how much Bitcoin was stolen. Is about 120,000 Bitcoin, um, which was valued at about $70 million at the time and is currently worth about $4.5 billion, as I mentioned earlier. But what makes this story so interesting is we finally found who stole the Bitcoin, or at least we think. Um, it's kind of an odd story, and it's not exactly the people you would expect to be the, you know, the hackers behind such a large hack. But uh, I'll kind of get you guys started with a brief kind of description of what all happened here. So according to court documents, uh, Liechtenstein and Morgan, who are the two who were allegedly the hackers behind the Bitfinex hack, um, and they are husband and wife. So according to court documents, Lichtenstein and Morgan allegedly conspired to launder proceeds of approximately 120,000 Bitcoin that were stolen from Bitfinex's platform after a hacker breached Bitfinex's systems and initiated more than 2,000 unauthorized transactions. Those unauthorized transactions uh, sent the stolen Bitcoin to digital wallets under Lichtenstein's control, which is the husband. And over the last five years, approximately 25,000 of those Bitcoin were transferred out of the wallet um, via a complicated money laundering process uh, that ended with some of the stolen funds being deposited into their actual bank accounts. Um, And then the remainder of the stolen funds, making up almost 94,000 Bitcoin, remained in the wallet um, and was, was essentially just sitting there when the feds found it. So after they executed their court search warrants, um, they were able to get access to Lichtenstein's accounts and they actually found the private keys that accessed the wallet that actually received the initial stolen funds. Um, so now with that said, the feds have seized almost 94,000 Bitcoin um, from that Bitfinex hack, which is about $3.6 billion dollars. Um, And before I pass it off to you, Jake, to kind of get your reaction to that, um, they did mention that they used numerous uh, sophisticated laundering techniques, um, including creating fake identities, um, using computer programs to send the Bitcoin between multiple wallets to try to kind of obfuscate the trail. Um, But at the end of the day, they just left a little too much of a breadcrumb trail and the feds have finally found the Bitfinex Bitcoin.
1: Okay, there's like 12 things I want to talk about with this that you and I were kind of getting into before we started, but yep. let, let's start with the, because I'm pretty sure they are not being accused of being the actual original hacker from 2016, right? So, or at least we're not sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: so as of right now, I think it's kind of up in the air. And I think I think largely the reason people don't think they're the hackers is because of how unsophisticated they seem to be in terms of technical knowledge when it comes to, you know, potentially hiding your trail behind a billion dollar hack. Um, So in my eyes, I think a lot of people are pointing to the idea that they're just the ones that were in charge of the laundering. And I I think that could be true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So if that's the case, it seems odd because the DOJ would then bring this case forward at a time when they wouldn't know the original hacker. So either, and who knows, I'm not going to pretend to know the motivations, but it just seems like if you're still building the case, you wouldn't make a move like this. So either, they're, either they think one of them maybe is the hacker, or they just think they just have to move on this now. They'll worry about the hacker later. But there's an interesting, it's just interesting. Like if you were the hacker and you stole this much that you would entrust it to a couple of dinguses to like launder for you, either that's a really bad decision or, or here's my conspiracy theory. There's a reward that Bitfinex, uh, I think I'm saying that right. Put out and basically said, Hey, if anyone like turns this money up for us, we'll give you 5% as a finder's fee. So here's my conspiracy theory. Someone hacked it entrusted these dummies to launder it for them, realized they're dummies. And then like, you know what? Maybe I can't keep all of my money, but I can pretend to be the, uh, uh, finder's feet and I'll just walk away from this whole shitstorm with $400 million in my pocket.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's more than possible. And and to your point with, it, maybe they don't know the true hacker, but maybe they don't care. I mean, if the government can seize you know, almost <laughs> 120,000 Bitcoin, or I think it was 94 was remaining, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think they really care who the actual hacker was. They just want to put a name to it and say, hey, we busted some people also. Look at all the Bitcoin we found. That's true. I mean, they said that is the largest seizure they've ever had, which Mm -hmm. is pretty, pretty crazy to think about with how many. I mean, we've, we've had the government, you know, go stop huge money laundering schemes like the cartels. They're
1: still not bringing in that much. Yeah. It's a crazy amount. So before we get to what comes next, um, I want to go back to how they found them because it looks like they ultimately were able to connect a wallet because again, a lot of these transactions were being publicly broadcast and like tracked. Now my impression is that they were lost track of a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, people were aware of where these funds had been shuffled to uh, but Ultimately, one of these wallets was connected to just an email address, and that's ultimately what undid this couple. And like you said, once they had probable cause, they could get a warrant, which allowed them to access the cloud, which then allowed them to get the private key. So that was the dominoes that fell. But it's funny because I read the book about um, Silk Road, and that guy was much better about covering his tracks. It was- Oh, yes. Ross Albright. Yes. Yes. He currently rotting the rest of his life away in prison, but he was successful in evading everyone at all levels of government for years. But ultimately he was also undone because when he first started, he posted on some uh, forum and Mm -hmm. he used an identifiable email address. And
0: he used used the same pseudonym.
1: Yep. Yeah. Just the smallest thing, but also Um, Not that I'm pro like hacker criminal, but another good example of why you might not want to keep your private key on the cloud.
0: A hundred percent. And that is what is crazy about this whole thing is you have these, these people who, who have potentially hacked the largest hack of in history. And they're not even at the level of competency to understand that you shouldn't be storing a private key on anything besides a cold storage. Anyway, but on your cloud tied directly to your personal email. I just can't even fathom. You could be so reckless while still having the technical abilities to steal that much money.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But I mean, yeah, you can go ahead, but to me, that just seems so out of the ordinary that you could be both so smart and so dumb.
1: Yeah. I think here's the thing. Law enforcement is an institution. The FBI the Department of Justice, their institutions, they have institutional knowledge. When one agent discovers a better way of doing things, it gets incorporated into best practices. So if you're just a criminal, you're just, you know what you know. That's it. You know yep. what you've learned. That's it. The Department of Justice and the FBI know everything that they've ever done. And like they are operating at the highest level. So the only way you're going to compete with them is by being like a top, like being at the top of your field as a criminal. Right. And, uh, these guys just brought their amateur shit. That's yeah.
0: And they got away with it for five years. Right. So it's not like they were being as reckless as, you know, I'm maybe making the sound, but, but when you really break it down, it's like they they didn't, this could have all been avoided so easily. Like that, from what I've (laughs) read, they were making fake accounts, fake identities and sending these, this Bitcoin off to them, but they were actually using their own pictures on these like accounts. They're yeah. using this for every single, you know, fake email or fake identity, they'd use their own picture. It's yeah. just like at what point and then and then they're influencers on Instagram and social media, so they're getting their face out there, they're being you know, publicly available.
1: It's just everything about it seems so off. Well, one of the aspects of the story was that apparently they knew they were being investigated for months and just really? didn't try to do anything about it. They didn't try to like duck out and leave. Um which man? That is bold. Uh, didn't work out, but uh, I don't know if I. I mean, shit. If it was me, I I would be on the first plane out of town. Like you just have to be so arrogant to believe that you're just going to keep getting away with it. But to your point, they did get away with it for a long time. And I'll bring up the Ross Albright Silk Road thing again. Encryption can like do a lot of legwork for you if you're trying to stay hidden online. Like. If you just keep your shit encrypted, it's it's a very effective thing. Like the FBI might win eventually, but um, right. it's still a very powerful tool. For, for example,
0: with this, they actually did decrypt the password. It was encrypted on the cloud, so p- there was originally the story that there was an unencrypted password on the cl- cloud, which was, I mean, I was quite shocked when I heard that. But it, it was password protected and encrypted, but. Not very mm-hmm. well. It, they didn't use anything that, that FBI had no problem, you know, kind of brute forcing through that. right? Um, but that's kind of just goes to show the, the level of competency of these hackers. And that's what makes me and what makes me think about this whole thing. And and, and we kind of didn't dive into it too much, but these people are very odd people. So the, the wife, um, <laughs> Heather Morgan, is... <laughs> A, a, a rapper, so called, and when I say so called, I mean literally. She technically raps, but the worst rapper of all time.
1: <laughs> um, look it up, please. If you're listening to this, go look up Razzlecom.
0: Seriously, just if you can watch her videos for more than ten seconds, I commend you because it is actually that hard to watch. It's so cringeworthy. Um, but but here's my thoughts. So th- they've been up to some weird stuff in the past. She has done seminars on social engineering right? Something most people don't want to admit to, but she has talked about it openly. She's posted pictures of her in like, you know, studios that she shouldn't be in because she dressed up as a fake, you know, camera person or fake credential, uh, you know, member of a, a team to get into these events that she shouldn't be at. So th- they have a history of these kind of scams. And so that kind of led me to think maybe this whole almost $4.5 billion hack was nothing more than just a seriously amateur social engineering scheme where she got someone at Bitfinex um, to give up private keys or give up information at that time in 2016 when people probably weren't as, you know, um, well-versed in cryptography or or even how Bitcoin worked or the privacy or, you know, the whole thing was new to people or newer to most people. Maybe it was just an easy social, social engineering scheme. And she got keys from a worker and pretended to be, you know, the CEO of Bitfinex or pretended to be an investor and just drain the account. Simple.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's seriously like, I have no reason to doubt that. And you know what? Actually, that's my new favorite theory because, and I've probably mentioned this before, important to remember that when we talk about like hacking and like virtual theft, the vast majority is social engineering because Mm -hmm. a lot of these encryption tools that are used a lot of the times, um, are very effective and yeah the, the that, yeah the people that have tools to beat to like break them are the highest levels of government cybersecurity firms so it's hard to be a direct hacker but it's super easy to trick any dumb dumb and you don't have to be stupid we're all dumb dumbs it's just yeah. trick them to give you one password and you now have unfettered access it's social engineering yeah. yes best way to con hack commit any of these crimes and and that's
0: where I'm at. I think it was something where they were just doing a little scheme. It, it worked, and they they didn't even know what to do at that point. It's like all of a sudden <laughs> you have under twenty thousand Bitcoin. You're like, it it worked. Now what?
1: Yeah, but, like oh fuck. Oh, we got seventy five million. Oh, um, this might be a problem.
0: What's interesting to me is they barely moved any. Like I get, I guess I say barely, but twenty five thousand basically were transferred of a hundred twenty thousand over six years. Like. I would have been spending every waking day from the day I got it, trying to figure out how I offload that safely. Yeah.
1: Like I don't understand why you just let it sit. That's one of the, that's probably the most interesting part of the story to me is you have a case of someone who are fake billionaires. They have billions and they can't access it. So you're effectively maybe not poor, but I mean, kind of if if the alternative is billionaire. So it's just so bizarre to know that you're worth an amount of money that it just effectively doesn't matter. It's uh, uh, I don't know, as wild.
0: Yeah, it really is a very interesting. The whole story from start to finish is kind of interesting because I think we all in our minds had this idea that you're going to have some shadowy, shadowy super coders who you know hacked the exchange and pulled the money out and did all this you know super high level <laughs> hacking, and then you come to find out it's these two it looks like Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live characters basically becoming the largest hackers in history. Mm -hmm. It it almost seems like a parody of a movie, but here we are in real life.
1: Yeah. Well, now the people who originally had their money stolen, which by the way, should be mentioned that when this money was stolen from Bitfinex, they slashed customer account values by like a third and then gave them a holder token. So now they have to go through the process of trying to reimburse anyone who's still holding that token or, Mm -hmm. but I mean, here's the other thing. The DOJ might say, that's not good enough. You have to get this money and fully reimburse these people. So this um, you might get into the boring long tail of this entire story uh, over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah. This will definitely be drawn out um, because they're going to figure out how to handle the money, what to do with it. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the U.S. government will only be paying back a portion because they'll say, hey, we'll cover the amount of Bitcoin in value that was stolen in 2016, seventy-two million. Mm. All that appreciated value—that's ours, baby.
1: <laughs> I didn't think about that. Uh, okay, we'll keep an eye on that because I mean that's uh, just me. I wonder what us. precedent has there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just when it comes to our government, I'm I always
1: think. Oh, like you think that. they're not going try. to try to Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah, they're going to try. I mean, <laughs> <come on. laughs> well, they will. Hopefully. A, a, another story. I have no reason to say that this is ha- this is happening, but again. To go back to the Silk Road, Ross Albright thing, one of the twists in that story was that one of the initial investigating agents got a hold of some of his private keys and uh, lifted yeah. several hundred thousand dollars. And yep, was, uh, it was eventually... Working with him. Yeah, eventually was discovered and was also thrown in jail. But um, it can be kind of tempting when you're sitting there with um, a couple keys on your keyboard uh, able to make you a millionaire if you just yeah. do it the right way. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, but no, very interesting story. I, I think we got to be coming up here on, on time, but uh, oh, yeah. we'll definitely be following up on this one as it develops. I'm sure this will be dragged out over a long period of time as they fight over the, the money, the Bitcoin, and where it's going to go. But mm-hmm. I will absolutely be interested to see how this Lichtenstein and Morgan react to this and, and what comes of it.
1: Oh, yeah, we might be following up sooner than we think, but this is yeah. definitely the story of the year so far in crypto. Definitely, definitely. Well...
0: Hey, man, thanks for hopping on and talking about that pretty pretty wild news drop last night, so I was happy to be able to get on today and talk about it.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we did. Good to talk to you, bud. All
0: right. Talk to you later. See you guys.